G'day, Guitar Wankers. Welcome to another episode of Guitar Wank Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Uh, you have no choice. Um, thank you for your patience. Those that did have patience, yes, we have set new records this week. We did miss one. Um, I was traveling and just uh, trying to get it up on the internet. In Australia, we they don't have electricity or uh, you know or TVs or technology. They're very very behind. So uh, you know, I've had to uh, basically do dial up, and it's just been crazy. I'm joking, of course. But anyway, we're gonna get this one up, and uh, it's a little late, and uh, we'll, we'll we might have to do some repeat episodes. Because we just didn't have enough for, to get us through summer. But that's all right. Uh, you guys might learn something again from something else that we did. All right. So make sure you keep coming, uh, going to the website, signing up, uh, subscribing, iTunes, leave a review, send us an email. Because we're still doing the competition. That's still happening. And we'll be sending those prizes out as soon as I get back to Los Angeles. Because uh, right now I am down under. And... Uh, I think my accent is a little thicker, uh, possibly. Uh, All right, so let's get into it. This was me and Bruce before I left Los Angeles. Big shout out to my mate Bruce um, and Scott. And thank you so much for all the support and everyone else encouraging, saying, hey, he deserves a break. (laughs) I appreciate that. All right, wankers, uh, we'll talk to you next week. We've got some exciting news when i get back that i want to share with you guys a lot happening that bruce has been setting up thank you bruce and uh we'll talk to you soon all right i hope that's short enough for you wankers (laughs) later all right we're back where did we go where did we go we were talking about um the prizes before rudely interrupted by my daughter cressida um, and, and, you know, sorry, guys, she took them all. So we're going to have to go out and get some more. Oh, we've got to get some, uh, yeah, we've got to get new prices. But we were talking maybe, um, yeah, well, Jim from Left, Co- Left Coast. Product, was it product? We already talked about that. Oh, yeah. So, um, but he's making really amazing pedals. So we can get something off him, maybe. Um, yeah, so we've got, we got, we got tons st- of oh, pedals. we got tons of stuff to give tons away. Tons of stuff, tons of stuff, shitload. But if you haven't got a hat... A cap or a t-shirt or a mug, go to the website. Or, where where yeah. do you go, Bruce? Guitarwank.com. <laughs> I should I should get you to do that. <laughs> Guitarwank.com, everybody. Yeah, that's where you want to go for your cool stuff. The stuff that'll drive your wife crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know why don't we get you to do all the advertisements. Because <laughs> we really don't want to sell it all that fast. And we'd have to order more. <laughs> That's true. We're a bit... Uh... <laughs> well, I tell people don't order any, um, any T-shirts other than extra large. That's all we've got? That's all we've got. Well, then we need to order more. We probably should get more. Yeah. So we, do so, have... so we need more donations so we can order more shirts. So more we can shirts. sell more shirts. And then blow the money on scotch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still I still remember Rob Harris's bottle that he brought us. Yeah, that was great. Ah, oh, Rob. We love oh, no, you, Oh, no, yeah. I want to thank everybody for being a generous member of the team. You know, it's what it all takes here. It is what it takes. World. And we had, um, we, last week we had Rob Harris and uh, Robbie Garland up. Uh-huh. Have you met Rob Garland? I don't know if you've met Rob. No. He teaches now at MI2 with Scott. So, um, oh, cool. 
he's there and he's a great, great, great pommy bloke. He's a good bloke. So on. Yeah, cool. Good, good guys, man. Just good people. I don't. We haven't had. We haven't had many assholes on the show. No, but we, you know, we've got time <laughs> still. We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have some assholes on the show where we, where it got a little heated. You know the difference between a bartender and a proctologist? I don't know. You don't know? No. Well, proctologist has to only deal with one asshole at a time. <laughs> At what point in your life you grow up and say, I want to deal with assholes for a living? Yeah. Well, you know, there was on this uh, this medical convention and this proctologist, proctologist and this gynecologist are on the elevator, you know. Yep. And they're just, you know, talking to each other, going up to their rooms. The proctologist says to the other guy, says, what field are you in? And the guy says, gynecology. And he says, wow. He says, yeah. And the proctologist says, you know, I came that far from being a gynecologist. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I don't think you've told that one. Really? No, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I There's know. a whole bunch of them I haven't told, believe me. <laughs> We've only, we've only had 99.32 shows. <laughs> if, if I had been smart, I would have re- saved all your jokes and just had a joke reel. Right. Well, I'm sure we can do it. Well, yeah, who's going to do Isn't that? Isn't my playing funny enough? <laughs> just play my something albums. That's enough. <laughs> oh, man. That, that's good. I like, I like the jokes. You need more jokes in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. You need know, more comedians. You know man. about the joke that... that I was about to tell a joke, and you guys said, no, I've already told it. So I didn't tell it. And one of our wankers <laughs> called me. He emailed me. He wanted me to tell him the joke because he wanted to hear it. And he swears I never told it. And he's one of the guys who's going into the Jeopardy show. So, Oh, really? And I don't know whether he's right or wrong or if he missed an episode or if you guys are just being assholes to me that day. <laughs> which, you know, is totally within Scott's sweet spot, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. What plus, else? plus, you know. Did you want to tell that joke again? No, I don't need to tell it. Was it? No, tell it. Should I tell yeah, it? Yeah, no, tell it. I'm all, I'm always down for a joke. Okay, so this was the. I mean, I, he he literally called me. No, he Facebook messaged me and, and and arranged a phone call so that I could tell him this joke that you guys just stopped. one of our listeners, huh? One of our listeners. Yeah, and you you end up telling him at the airport, right? No, I told him over the phone. Yeah, but you were at the airport at the time. I don't know where I was when oh, I told him. Maybe you were calling me from the airport yeah, telling me yeah, about to this tell story. Him. Yeah. And so I told him, and he said, he swore that I never told it on the thing. And it was about Julio Iglesias. Okay. And about his penchant, technic- supposedly for, like, his road manager picks a really pretty girl from the entourage hanging by the stage door to visit with him, right. as it were. Mm-hmm. And um, one night, he's in his dressing room, there's a knock on the door, you know, he's in his robe. And uh, door, he says, come in, and the door opens, and this woman puts her head in, this really pretty woman. She goes, uh, hi, Mr. Iglesias, you know, love to meet you. And he's, so come on in. She says, well, you don't really understand. He says, what? She says, well, I'm a Siamese twin, and I got my sister with me. He goes, oh, that... T- 
that sounds really cool. Come on in. <laughs> she goes, well, but she's a trombone player. Okay, that sounds really cool. And she plays mostly Gershwin songs. <laughs> so I go, okay, this is great. <laughs> so come on in. Let's have fun. You know, so they come on in. Next thing you know, things are happening. And one's doing one thing and one's playing Gershwin on the trombone. You know, it's like... And... Um, and they say, I'll say goodbye and afterwards. And and like about a year later, Julio Iglesias comes back to town. And the girls are sitting having breakfast and they look in the paper and it says, you know, he's coming back to town, the big advertisement. And one says the other, she says, uh, look, Julio Iglesias is coming back to town. Maybe we should go say hello. And the other one says, ah, he's a big star. He won't remember us. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. I don't know if you told that or not. Well, I, now I have. You have told it officially. And, if, and tell me if if, we, if we're just crazy. You're if you're the one that remembers that joke from this show, you better get into the Jeopardy show. You better and tell us what what episode did you tell that joke? Whoa, of? that would be a little too. That'd much. be. Maybe and don't I, do and, that because that and it's worth telling again. It's a pretty good joke. Pretty good, dude. How do you remember jokes? Just the, the thing is, is you need to be triggered. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know a bunch that. of them. It's just like I, I mean, if you were to say tell a joke, I'd, uh, I'd, yeah. I'd go for one of my standards. You know, I got about four of them that right. I can tell. But Have you, you know, if we get standards? on a, if we got on a subject, then I I can just go down the road of right. all the. All the Yes, yeah, so they're like cars that are broken down along a street. <laughs> you go down the right street, you see them all there. See them all, right. I can't tell jokes. I'm not good at telling jokes. I've always wanted to be a joke teller, but ah. I just feel like I can't. Well, I always wanted to be a comedian, like I say. But you get... But my playing got more laughs. laughs. A lot of us can relate to that. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I do love... I love it when... You and Scott tell jokes. I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. There should be more of it. You guys should go away and find more jokes. Do you have... How many jokes do you think you have in the vault? Oh, probably a thousand, maybe. Oh, damn. You need don't to, you think? I don't know. I need to find the keywords to pull them out of you. Yeah. Hooker? Is that, is that Hooker, a keyword? That, that's good. That's a good one, yeah. That's a good one, hooker? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's tons of musician jokes. Do you think out of all the musicians, is there more jokes, and probably they cross over and you can change it, but do you think there's more jokes told about drummers or bass players? Wow. I think drummers. Drummers? Yeah. Are they picked on more than other musicians? No, they're not picked on more than other musicians, but I just think, you said drummers and bass players. I, I don't know. I would guess. I really, you know. I do like the banjo joke. Banjo jokes are great. That's what's the one in the back of the car? Oh, where the guy left his banjo in the back of the car and locked his car, and somebody broke in and left another banjo. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's so good. <laughs> it's almost really true. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> banjos do have a lot of jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Steve Martin has heard that one. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a badass yeah, yeah. banjo player. Yeah. Um, my favorite banjo joke is, you know why there are no banjos on Star Trek? Why? Because it's the future.
good one. That's a really good banjo joke. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> oh man. Ah, oh, that got me. That was a good one. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris Young asks Bruce Foreman strings. Love the show, guys. Just wanted to ask Does Bruce use round wound strings? Or in what circumstances do any of you guys use round wound strings? Wow. Uh, I'm sure we've talked about this, so I'll try and go quickly. Uh, I was a flat wound guy, you know, the jazz thing, for many years of my career. They always, you know, not only had that sound, but most of all that feel that, you know, I slide around a lot. And and uh, I just love the way they felt. Uh until I got this, this guitar, this red guitar, the Sontag guitar, which is so, it's an amazing acoustic machine. And so uh, when I first got it, it had round wounds, and, but you know, I was used to flat wounds, so I put flat wounds on it, and it was like putting a condom on it. <laughs> it just killed so much of the sound, and so I, I just love the sound of round wounds. And I realized that I get a really dark sound out of every guitar I play. So the flat ones were just making it really even darker. and uh, But of course, all the squeakiness from a guy like me who slides so much. So much of my style is about sliding around. Because I guess because I play flat ones, I right. just did it. Yeah. And so I've really kind of been spending the last 12 years of my life kind of refining my technique to try and minimize that and really play better and be cleaner you know because the round wounds like if you kind of fudge a note on flat wounds you don't really hear it but if you do on a round wound you do but to have that clarity and depth of sound it's great to have the round wounds i really love them but then on the other hand they, they wear out so you have to change them because they go dead unevenly whereas like flat ones are kind of dead all the time right so uh, I am a round wound player, I believe in them. I, I just want more sound and figure out. It's like they're definitely not as friendly to play as flat wounds, but I like them. I don't, uh, I don't begrudge anybody who doesn't use them. You know, I mean, it's just, that's just my thing. I, I want to get as much sound as possible and then deal with it from there. And I'll figure out the, the technique thing anyways later. That's me. Uh, I know Scott does use round ones, of course. Uh, explain, explain the difference. Well, I'm, we're all guitar players here. We all know. You've played them. Uh, round wounds are, are, you know, a round, a wire round string. And a flat wound string is, is, a, is a metal tape wound string. Okay. So like a, a acoustic bass strings <clears throat> or, or violin strings are all flat wound. Right. If they're, if they're more than just the core of the string, you know. If they're wound, they're wound with this flat ribbon tape versus uh, wire. Round wire. <laughs> and so, you know, round wounds, besides being liver sounding, there's more likely you'll get gunk caught between the windings, so they go dead faster. Yep. And because they're so much alive when you first put them on, as they go dead, it's more obvious. Right. So there's those issues with them. But yep. I think it's worth it for... You know, if you're really going for an acoustic response. I know what I had to bring up, I wanted to bring up with you, was that video that was posted, I think on the forum, of you 
with... I don't know which video it is, so you'd have to show me. If I saw a picture, I'd know. Um, Belch. <laughs> that was uh, punctuation and commentary. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, uh, I was going to say, you had, which blew me away. I did not realize... A ponytail or a mullet? Friggin' ponytail. Oh, yeah, I had a long ponytail. Dude, when... This was what... Do you know what year? Well, back when I was, yeah, Native American. <laughs> no, no. No, I am a Native American. I was born here. <laughs> but you don't get But I'm the, not that... I don't get to call myself that. I know. Yeah, yes. but you don't get the casino money, right? Don't yeah, they get the I casino don't get money? to call myself that because um, technically that means something different than it actually semantically means. Um, uh, no, I just, it was a, it was a thing. I think I was just, it was too easy to, to not have to have haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it started off, I think it's the mullet and then it went to the hair, it went to the it ponytail. Was, or maybe the ponytail became the mullet. I don't remember, remember which was first. It was, it was badass. Um, the ponytail? No, <laughs> she... Okay, that was pretty bad. I don't think so. For the, for the well, you got to remember what now time. Now I look like one of those bad Hollywood producers, kind of bald with a ponytail, <laughs> like all those guys having lunch down at the Mondrian in L.A. Oh God, <laughs> gag me, buying expensive wine and talking about how they ripped up all these people to make their living. But the video, I don't know if our listeners got to watch it. I mean, you were burning, dude. Um, and what happened? Is that the question? No, I'm curious. <laughs> And I'm just trying to what happened. <laughs> what happened? You yeah. were burning, man. You were what burning. Happened? You were like in your early twenties. I don't know. Mid twenties. I mean... I'm trying to find it here, but I wanted to. I was curious what that Bruce Foreman, what you would say to that Bruce Foreman. Now you're your your more mature self. What would that? Wait a minute. I'm really immature for my age. <laughs> But what what would you say to that Bruce? Wallman? I'd have to hear what he played first. It was it was hilarious. Oh, this this was fun. Did you see this? That this was in Guitar Player magazine. Oh yeah, Rising I, Bebop I, Powerhouse. Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, at this point in your career, did you think that oh, I was probably oh, late twenties, maybe thirty? Did you think of oh, no? Oh, it was eighty eight, so I would have been uh, eighty eight. Was it thirty two? Did you think, oh, I fucking made it. I'm in Guitar Player magazine. No. <laughs> I might No, have. no, no. It wasn't the cover. If I'd have made the cover, maybe I would have thought that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is it. I found it. Bruce playing Palo Alto Jazz Alliance. Oh, okay. Okay, let me see it. All right. Let me, let me pull I mean, it up I don't, here. You know, yeah, I don't need to hear it. Oh, okay, that one. I remember that. Yeah. You don't have to play it. Okay. Okay. Okay, I remember that. Okay, you... Um, I'm glad you think I was burning. Uh, that that would have been... I'd have been in my 30s there, maybe closing in on 40. Really? Yeah. You look younger there. But, okay. Fairly um, dark. Yeah, my 30s. Now, you... you, you I just, think that was a gig with Eddie Duran. And, uh, you know... I mean, wow, did I play solo the whole time? Oh, you, you just went off. Really? Yeah, who's, who's this guy? Is that Eddie? That's Duncan James. Okay. Okay, it was Duncan James and Eddie Duran, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, 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 you played for a long time. Oops. 
<laughs> I'm a, such an egomaniac. I really was back then. That's really? probably what I'd say. Don't 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 hog shit. I mean, I didn't do it to be an egomaniac. I just like to play. Right. I can't stop myself. But um, I I thought it was great. Everything was really oh, great. Cool. But when you did turn your head, I was like, what? You've got a squirrel on the back of your head. Well, you know. <laughs> You've got Daniel Boone on us. But um, that was impressive, Bruce. So well, that's what you would say. Yeah, don't don't hog, don't play so long. I will say it and get it done. You know, we right? got the point. But it, it was entertaining. It was good. good. It's well, had, that's good. You yeah. know, uh, that was that's a cool guitar. You know, it's like so, I don't know what to say. It was a fun gig. I remember. I think we got paid. <laughs> that wasn't the Canadian one you were talking about. Was that in Canada? Because I, when I brought this up to you... Oh, there's one in Italy. Italy. Yeah. Actually, not even Italy. It's this little republic in the middle of Italy called San Marino. Right. And uh, it was a night with a torrential storm. And uh, I guess I was really unhappy with whatever, the band I was playing with or... And I played like an introduction to a song that must have lasted 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have to play with them. And they, no, it just seemed like 30 minutes. It was probably more like five. Right, right. But I, and then I brought them in, and I think we played Giant Steps or Seven Steps to Heaven really fast. And then I just continued to play more shit than, you know, is almost humanly possible for me. And, and uh, it was not the most tasteful thing to do but it was pretty I mean I, I found myself laughing after a while it was just so <laughs> ridiculous you know it's like which which is true of so much music nowadays you just hear it and you just laugh it's just like so much happening right and yeah right so anyways yeah I've done lots of that I mean it's all out there folks <laughs> I don't know why anybody would dig to find it but it's it's out there. I I think it's cool. I think it's really cool to look back at the stuff you've done in that and see the the youngest the younger Sir Bruce doing his thing. Well, you know, I'm glad you do. I'm not <laughs> not in, I'm not in that club. I got to say. <laughs> um we have uh a, a, this is a, a one from earlier this year but um Billy Billy's a big fan of the show. Jazz chord, melody tone, and Howard Roberts. Did you? Is Howard still with us? I've no, no idea. Howard's he's, gone. He's gone. Did you know Howard? Yeah. Yeah. How was Howard Roberts? He did a lot of teaching books too. He did teaching books. He did a lot of studio work, and he did a lot of great jazz playing. Yeah. Made a lot of great records. Uh, was a really just a real character. He was, was he? Great. he was great, man. He was great. Real funny guy. Came How, with all these whacked out things, man. He was really a special guy. Yeah. Did you play with him much? No, I never got to play with him. No. I mean, we hung. Yeah. I never actually got to play with him. I kind of... Jazz guys, are they a little bit like comedians hanging? I kind of get that vibe. Yeah, I think. We just... I mean, we all go to each other's gigs and we all hang it. And Howard... When I the period I knew him was kind of like around the G, early GIT days. Because he wasn't he one of the founders. Yes, that's where I remember. And his name um, 
And he would always hang out at this club called Dante's. Either he was playing or he was hanging. Right. And I used that was my gig. When I was living in San Francisco, I would come down and play. If I was leading the gig, it was usually Dante's. Right. I played other clubs with Richie Cole, you know, like Concerts by the Sea and stuff, The Lighthouse. And, um, and Howard was almost every gig I played at Dante's, Howard was at the bar. Yeah. So we got a chance to hang, and I, of course, heard him play. He's yeah. A great player, real funky, but really, I mean, great studio guy, reader, took care of business, you yeah. know. Really uh, entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. This, but kind of crazy entrepreneurial, yeah. you know, like came up with some really whacked out shit. Like he had this color code system for the guitar where you like put dots on the guitar and you play, and he was... He thought he was going to get rich doing that. You know? it, was like, it was kind of a silly idea, you know. Yeah. But he was really deep into it. And of course, he did live up in Seattle for a while. Right. But he was here when I knew him. And uh, and he did he start JIT? Actually, there was a guy named I think Pat Hicks that started. Oh, Pat Hicks, yes. But Howard <laughs> was involved. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But what was the chord melody thing? Oh, um, so so Billy's asking. I'm a he's a GIT grad of '91. Okay, so he probably knew Howard. Yeah, Scott was a huge influence. Blah blah blah. My other big influence at the school was Ron Este. Yeah, he's and great. Howard Roberts. I live in Scott's world of tone, strat, amp, pedals. But I'd love to know more about straight ahead jazz tone, a la Joe Pass, string type pickups, amps. Also, how. Any Howard Roberts stories would be greatly appreciated. I feel like we just nearly covered all these questions before we got Well, you know, but the, yeah, right, the jazz tone, I don't know what he's talking about, strings, pickups, whatever. <coughs> you know, jazz tone, here's the deal. Just get a guitar, get a crappy amp, turn the tone knob to zero, <laughs> turn the bass all the way up, and then basically just, just put your hand over your mouth and hum into a microphone. Until you got a jazz tone. <laughs> That's jazz tone. <laughs> who do you think? I'm putting you on the spot now. I love asking these stupid uh, out of the top questions. Who do I think? Who do you think uh, is one of the greatest jazz tones of all time? Guitarist. Wow. What? What's one of the first guitarists comes to you? Just like ah, fucking. He's got the best. He's one of the best. He he's like set set the. Kenny Burrell. Yeah? Wes Montgomery. Right. George Benson on the CTI records. Okay. Uh, um, younger guys today. Pete Bernstein, Anthony Wilson. For me, those would be guys that I just think of right away. I love their tone. I love their sound. Uh, Kenny has to be mentioned in any of those you know, I I know the, I know the name. I don't know a lot about his background, Kenny Burrell. Uh huh. What What do you What's your experience with Kenny? Well, you know, I mean, God, from listening to his records, you know, he was a, a heavy guy, you know, <clears throat> in the early days, and um, kind of got known for kind of being a little bit bluesier. You know, than most guys. But that was not his only thing. I mean, he recorded with Train. You know, there's that record with him and Train playing. Uh, 
just he played a lot with Jimmy Smith. Just clear, round, warm, expressive, all those kind of classic jazz things. Right. I mean, Wes was very particular, you know, as equally brilliant, beautiful sound, maybe more so even, but it was like because of the thumb, you know, it was more percussive and a little bit Didn't he have like fatter. a disjointed thumb or something? Yeah, right? that's what they say, and he had a callus on But, you know, I mean, it was like really there's a warmth to his sound. And yeah. It was very unique. I mean, that George Benson, particularly on like the Body Talk record or those... CT, all those CTI records. It's just like, wow, what a sound. Do you know what he was doing back then? Well, no, he played various different guitars, and yep. he played with his thumb and his pick. Yep. And you can hear when he's doing which. Yep. Uh, I know he used the... Uh, he had a, a L5 on some of it. He had a D'Angelico on some of it. I think he even had an Artist Award Guild at some point with some of that stuff. I mean, the pictures, you can't really tell because, you know, a picture is a pose and right. you didn't see the record date. So you don't know what answer I mean, that he was running. Grant Green has an amazingly unique sound. It's not like particularly, I wouldn't, you know, say it's a beautiful sound, but it's like super personal and mm -hmm. really effective and I love it so yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, but Kenny Burrell is kind of classic jazz. It's going to be hard to beat that. You yeah. know, I mean, for me... I love Barney's tone. I love Jim Hall's tone. But there's a clarity. Like, Barney's was real clear, too. But it didn't have the warmth, of, in my opinion, of Kenny. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jim Hall was real dark. And it didn't have the clarity that those guys had. Right. And, of course, their playing styles were so different. Different. But, um, you know, they're the L5 guys and the 175 guys. I guess I always gravitated more towards the L5 guys. Did you? That was more... Well, you know, the L5 guys were like Kenny Burrell and Wes Montgomery and mm -hmm. George. And the 175 guys were like Jim Hall and Joe Pass and Herb Ellis. They were all 175 players. And there's a real distinct difference, if you, yeah. I think, if you listen to it. Yeah. And I'm not saying one's better than the other, which right. is what I like, but... Uh, but I really, you know, I think it's it's worth any guitar players to like kind of listen to those three guys and listen to these three guys and kind of hear and the hear difference. The difference. And you know, obviously the player makes all the difference, but there are certain sonorities that you'll hear similarities. Yeah, because those one seventy fives, you know, the pickups were further back. Right. They weren't right up at the like if you the second octave harmonic. Mm -hmm which would be technically the 24th fret, the, the pickup, the two, you know, the two pole pieces of the pickup split right on the L5. Yeah. That's right where that, you can find that harmonic just right down the middle of that pickup cover. Mm -hmm. And the uh, 175 is way closer to the bridge from that. Right. So guys kind of, it, which made them punchier, but then guys kind of like rolled the tone back on them to kind of warm them up, yep. like particularly Jim Hall did. Uh, the guys that really didn't, the guys more like Joe and, and Herb, and, and this is going to be a bad word to use, but I mean, I almost hear like a plinkiness mm -hmm. that I don't hear yep. with, with the other guitars. With all these guys, were they as 
fanatically fanatic as about the amps as say you know your rock guys and guys like I don't Scott. think they had the opportunity to be. We're talking about 1950s right. in some cases, early 60s. So it was it was it was pretty much get what you can. They were using those old Gibson amps. Yeah. You know what Wes used to Standell. Uh, yeah, those Fender amps, the black faces were. They came out in the mid '60s. These guys were already playing by then. Right. Uh, so they were playing mostly the old Gibson amps. So it was, would you say it's more about the guitar in the hands than? I focusing? think it was more about the player, yeah, right. than anything. Yeah, yeah, the guys were just getting using shit they could, could get their hands on. I mean, A175 was kind of like a poor man's L5. It was always considered that. So why do you think? Why did those cats using the? The 175. Well, because that's what they had. That's, they that liked it. And thing, it was playable yeah. and it's easier to carry around. It's a smaller body. Yep. It's, they liked what they had. It's a good working man's guitar. It's yeah. a great guitar. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and there weren't a whole lot of choices. Yeah. There weren't that many of the other ones around. Even, right. You know, yep. it wasn't like you could go to Guitar Center and get 15 guitars anywhere you'd go. And because all these badasses, bad badass jazz players were playing them that they become more of a jazz standard yeah right the 175 became like the guitar particularly yeah. in the when i was coming up i mean it was my first guitar was it and then i uh, i wish i kept it but i traded it in for an l5 oh. um yeah that's 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 interesting all that kind of stuff and we're talking about in the early 70s yeah. I had like a mid-60s 175, and I went to a guitar center, one of the first guitar centers ever, the first one in San Francisco at least, yep. and uh, and there was a used L5, and I think it was like I saw a picture of George Benson with one just like it or something, and it's just like I saw it and I had to have it. I love that thing. I've still got it. Thinking of selling it. The L5. The L5. That it's a 69 L5. That, that was the guitar I played for the first 10, 15 years of my career. All those records. Now I'd have to not piss it in your pocket, but I would think that that's a little bit more valuable than just some other guy having it, right? Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe just to the right person. You know, I've, I've done some modifications to it. Oh, what have you done? Um, doesn't have the original pickups. What are the pickups in it? Yeah. I have Lawler Imperial. They're great. PAF style pickups. Yeah. Actually, they're better than the ones that were in it originally. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like those Gibson tuning gears. They, they they just really got worse and worse. Yeah. So I had Shallers put on it. How long have these changes been on it? Oh, a long time. We talk in 20, 20 30 plus years. thirty years. Well, the Lawlers are newer, right? But uh, the uh, the Shallers have been on in a good twenty five years, thirty years. So this what what year is this guitar? Sixty nine. Sixty. That's a good year. And uh, it's got a really thin neck. Yeah. Super thin. And uh, and I, the, the bridge. I changed the bridge out. I had a handmade bridge built for it. Yeah. And uh, it's your first L five. Yeah. I'm thinking of selling it only because the reason I keep it, I love it, it's great, but it's mostly sentimental value. Sentimental value. It's like it should be out making music, you know. Would you, um... 
I'd consider selling it. That's all I can say. All right. So you heard it here, folks. And this is an eBay kind of shit. I'm not trying to hold anybody up, you know. I mean, are you, you know, taking uh, offers? Yeah, of course. But I mean, I just this just came out of my mouth now. I it did. Even, I hadn't even thought about. It. It's just like I'm getting to an age where it's like I mean, I had this talk with John Pisano. I mean, of course, he's quite a bit older than me. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's got a room full of guitars. Really? Yeah. Like a bit of everything? He, he probably has, I don't know, 40 or 50 or more, you know. Damn. And, and I mean, like a lot of them are the prototypes of that Eastman guitar he's been designing. Yeah. So he gets one, he likes this about it, but doesn't like this, and they make him another, and he puts them away, you know, yeah. and they're all great guitars. <clears throat> He's got all those. He's got some old guitars he played. He went back in here, and he's he loves guitars, so he collects them over the year. You know what I'm saying? So, and he was doing studio work back in the day, so he needed to have a few guitars for this and that and this and that. And you yeah. know, and he's 88. And he, what is he going to play? Two or three guitars, and then he's you know when he does eventually pass, like we all do, he's going to leave it to Gene to sell all these guitars. You know, it's better off if he does it. You know, yeah. it's it's not really nice to to leave that for somebody else to do. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he were Les Paul, it could be a a big auction mm. at the Heritage House or yeah. something, that auction place. But, you know, he's John Pisano, and he, to us he's that big. Yeah. But they're not going to take that on as an auction, you right. know, and no one's going to come to it yeah. and bid on all that stuff. It's better if he just sells it now. And me, you know, the same thing. I mean, it's not like, I just don't want to leave it all for my wife to have to break up. You know what I mean? And, of course, it all depends on money. I mean, if she doesn't need money, then I'd rather have her give it away to my kids, you know, to, like, the kids who I've taught that over the years. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, you know, shit. Like, like I've got two L5s. I'm going to play one if I ever get back to playing it. Yeah. And yeah, it was nice to think that I had a backup. <laughs> but I mean, you know, really? Were you doing the red guitar? The red guitar is pretty much the guitar I'm riding yeah. right now. And I've got a 2L5 sitting there, not being played. And that the, my original one, other than when I got back into L5s, didn't get played much at all in the last 30 years. So yeah. it's like, it's like, yeah, if somebody wanted to buy it, I'd sell it. You know? Do you, do you want to do a... Um a raffle on guitar wank and no, 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 no. I don't want to deal with any of that. <laughs> I just thought I'd try and okay. sneak yeah, that in. What do you want it? Uh, no, like twenty bucks a ticket. Hey, we could make thirty grand on this on this raffle, and someone wins a. Wait a minute, it's my guitar. What's this? We? <laughs> well, I come up with the idea, so I think I could get a cut out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I see hey, it's happening here. You know, hey, okay, I feel I got this lot. expensive I've trip got, to Australia. I know, I feel, I know, yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel your pain, man. <laughs> I'm just trying to sell you a guitar here, Bruce. I'm trying to help you out. Well, you know, like if I, you know, I don't really mind dying with it <laughs> under the bed. <laughs> we'll be at your funeral. Where's that elf? Where's the L5? Oh, it's in his fucking coffin. Yeah, they, they buried it with him. They, they oh, burned, they bastard. burned him with it. <laughs> That was what that sounded like. <laughs> Bong. I always wanted to know what an L5 sounded like when it burned. <laughs> they cremated the L5. <laughs> well, so I kind of think you officially just opened it up to Guitar Wank listeners. If someone is well, serious. Well, yeah, if somebody really wants to have a guitar like that, 
I'd entertain it, you know. Half a million dollars are we talking? <laughs> hey, we're in the world of Trump right now. You can pretty much say what you want. <laughs> it would be reasonable. I'm not going to hold anybody up for it, right. really. I want to make sure it goes to a good home and somebody will appreciate it and play it. That's all I ask for. I mean, that's what, the reason I want to really get rid of it, if I do, mm -hmm. is because I'm sitting on it for sentimental value. And it's a great musical instrument that should be in the hands of somebody who wants to play it, you know? That's, I feel guilty. You know? Great guitars are meant to be played, not sitting in people's closets. Yeah. Yeah. It's wrong. It's just, I don't like that. Yeah. So that's, you know, I don't want to be one of those people. And, you know, if, if there was a really, the more I get older and the more I realize what I'm hap what's happening in my life, the more... Seems unreasonable that it's actually going to be my main playing axe at some point. So yeah, it does. You the, you look around as you get older and look around at all the stuff. And who was the comedian who talked about this? Um, it was George Carlin. Yeah, I George think. Carlin. Yeah, but all the stuff we have. Like if if I happen to die tomorrow, all this shit, my family would have to deal with. We all. As living people, you don't even think about that until you have to deal with it. And then that's a really fucking shitty thing you've got to go right, through. And then, and then it gets like thrown away practically. Thrown away or, yeah, which kind of sucks. Speaking of which. Speaking of which. Sorry to interrupt you guys. I have to leave the airport. Okay. She's on the couch. <laughs> Sweetheart, you know it's been a while something that's been on my mind that I really need to express to you. I must tell you how I really feel. Oh, you are an angel, an angel sent from hell. You're mild like a sailor. Your cheap cosmetic smell
It's a good time to Kids. good time to change and get the score on this ball game. <laughs> I don't know, but it looks like the Wankers could pull this game out in the bottom of the ninth. But it's it's gonna be a gargantuan task because you know the other guys they got their best pitcher on the mound, and uh, let's face it, these guys have been losing more than a hooker in a goddamn Mormon church. Oh my god! I've never heard that before. I'd like to see. I just sure made it up. I'm sure it happens a lot. Oh, okay. A hooker in a Mormon church. Right. <laughs> um, so we've put it out there. The L5 is up for sale. Someone... Oh yeah, but, but, but don't even, don't even. Everybody don't even pay attention. To that. <laughs> I've been drinking. You don't. You don't really want to sell it. Yeah, That's yeah I do. I do, and I don't. Yeah, I'm ambivalent. You know, some guy's a really good guy and really looking for one. It's his dream. If he wants to check it out, I'm, yeah, I'm open to it. So your ultimate buyer would be someone who pays for it, but just still leaves it with you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. That would be a great buyer. Um, I, I, just, I just... No, my ultimate would be somebody who, like, it was their main axe and they played it. And, and That yeah. would make me the happiest. That'd be pretty cool. I'd buy it if, I, if it was going to be my main axe and right. I'd play it. But, yeah. Be annoyed that the shit I play on it. <laughs> um, Look, that guitar, guitar tolerated me for fifteen years. It can tolerate you. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is from Mike, and I'm bringing this up because uh, this is this is an opportunity. Because he really wanted to talk to Scott, but he wanted to talk. No, I can answer like Scott would if you want. Me I know to. you can answer Scott questions, but this one's an overall. <laughs> this is for the listeners and the opportunities that await you. If you want to take them uh, with Guitar Wank, if you, as you're sitting or running or driving or walking the dog, whatever you're doing right now, we appreciate your time. But remember this. This one's from Mike, um, and, he, and he sent this a little while ago, <laughs> like earlier this year. Um, but uh, Mike's a big fan, and he wanted to know if he could advertise on Guitar Wank. He has a guitar store, a guitar guitar store. Did I say guitar department store? Yeah, that's a department store. That is a guitar store. He has a guitar department at Rainbow Guitars in Tuscan. Well, he just did an ad. I just I'm doing an ad for him now. This okay, is the, the first one's free. The first one's free. Well, this one's for Mike because I feel in like Tustin in Tus Tuscan Tus yeah Tucson. Oh, Tucson. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, Tuxin, yeah. I know about that place, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's the best one I've done yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I'm in Tuxin, I always go to, what's it, Mike's store? Mike's. I go you to, know what? What in, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you need a string, your string bust, is your nut broken? <laughs> Hey, Troy. is your bridge failing? Troy's is. Go to Mike's and Tuxin. <laughs> That's the place to go. I, I, did, it, did I make up a name then? Tuscan? No, no. It's Mike's Tuxkin Guitar World. Wow, he's in Tucson. I think you should sell Tux too. I think I've pretty much given, screwed every chance of... <laughs> Mike doing any advertising? No, no. I think Mike's just got a whole bunch of advertising. He's ready to go well, deeper. But everyone's going to Tuscan, and everybody who goes to Tuscan, go see Mike and tell him Guitar Wink sent you. That'll make him want to advertise more. Oh my God, that was that was see the shit like so that. So Mike, what kind of stuff do you sell in Tuscan? Well, he's got a guitar department at he's Rainbow got, Guitars. He's got a well, it's Rainbow Guitars, and he has a guitar department. What I don't a know concept. if that I don't know if that means um, you know, like if you swing both ways, this is the oh, guitar right, stuff for right. you. Right, jazz <laughs> and rock, <laughs> jazz and rock, and a little bit, country. a little bit of country, of course, yep. and and of course down there it's probably Ranchero and Norteño too. I've have you been in Tucson? Mariachi, yeah, sure. Where? It's a great city. Is it? Oh what's, man, what's, it's very famous. What's the deal with Tucson? Tucson is in Arizona, south of Phoenix. Hot. It, yeah, but it's it's in the mountains, so it's actually cooler than oh, Phoenix. Oh, okay. It's beautiful. It's historic. They had a cool like a part called Old Tucson that they used to do a lot of movie western filming. Yeah, you know, so it's famous on the Hollywood side for that. Oh, okay. Um, it's in these mountains. I forget like the Santa Cristo or the Sen. Something, some, some, no, no, that's the Tuscan mountains. They're, 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 they're <laughs> mountains. There's some important mountain range there. Okay. And uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful city. It has the University of Arizona. So it's is a big, there. big, big city? It, not like Phoenix, but it, it's a city. That's a decent size. And okay. it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a really cool town. Well, and they've got an amazing jazz heritage there. Um, They've got one of the best, probably, feeder schools of young jazz players, like in junior high and mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. They always compete in the uh, essentially Ellington thing at Jazz at Lincoln Center and often win. Oh, wow. It's, it's, um, Arizona's really cool. It's a pretty badass place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, this, well, so Mike. Good. good, Mike. Good, Mike. Good Sadowski. For you. Glad you, glad you're a wanker. I know, I know I fucked up his last name. That's my job. Um, but, anyway, you know, I mean, Mike. You might, Mike, you know, I'm just thinking you got to get out of Tucson and get over to Tucson. <laughs> get over to Tucson and go to Rainbow Guitars because he manages the guitar department there. You manage? He okay. Manages, we're talking to the manager. I need to talk to the owner if we're talking about advertising. Yeah, <laughs> and they carry Sur guitars. They carry, really? Yeah, Vertex pedals. They're Mason Vertex pedals. They're doing good stuff. You want to um, sell an L5? <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll buy it. Um, PRS and Quilter. PRS, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get that, do you? Or I do. do. I uh, do get that. Uh, okay. That was good. Yeah. Uh, and the best sounding amps in the world. That's what they've got. Curious. I'm wondering about getting ad space on your show. We just relaunched our webpage. 
Oh, so, so he's doing web sales. That would be the only, Mike, I would suggest against advertising unless you have a strong online presence because, let's face it, how many of our wanker fans live in Tucson? Well, he still wants advertising. No, you no, just, no, no. If he's got a web presence, then I would highly suggest it. Otherwise, oh, I, would, I would suggest like go for They've just go for relaunched the their page. We should go check out the page because it's, it's, he said it's guitar wanking material for sure. Rainbowguitars.com. Okay, so he just got his first ad for free. He just got okay, it. Okay, thank you, Mike. Thanks for yeah, listening. Mate. Oh, the page is amazing. Yeah, cool. Oh, it's, wow, it's got some really... It's the web page. Definitely worth going there, guys. Okay. All right, we've hooked him up. Mike, send me uh, 400 bucks. Yeah. No, I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> you ought to sell Guitar Wink merch. Maybe he will. Yeah, that would be my suggestion. Oh, there we go. We can you really want to ramp up your business there? Don't sell guitar. He said, "Ad rates for bitch and mum and pop store." Yeah. So there you go. That's, that's um, well. That's all about community. I wonder is he giving lessons and stuff too? Is there? I'm sure, they are. I hope they are. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the best thing. Are they having little concerts in the store and stuff like that? That's great. Maybe you should go out and do a gig he, out there. Yeah, red no, guitar. He did, yeah, I could do the red guitar right in that store. See, if you are an that's owner a of a community. store, that's where we're talking. See where this is going. Yeah, yeah, this is what is happening here. Right? So We're hatching ideas. We've lost our last listener by now, but we've we got to try and stay interesting here, Troy. Right. Well, we gave away prizes. What more do they want, damn it? Oh, we haven't given away a prize lately. Let's give away a prize. Oh, we did the last. Oh, yeah, that was but last. that was like this 100 a, episodes Oh, ago. yeah, this is a new episode. Oh, shit, we can do it again. Crikey, he's going to have to remember all this shit. Anyways, yeah, all these things. All right. I mean, but anyway, just, I'm just trying to keep everybody's interest. Either I have to tell a joke or we have to give away a prize. Well, why don't you tell a joke and what then we'll give away a prize. What kind of joke are you looking for? Um, have you got any alcohol jokes? Sure. Booze. Sure. You do? Sure. Give me an alcohol joke. Well, you see, there's this guy and he's been drinking too much and his wife tells him if she's going to leave him if he ever drinks again. He's been on the straight and narrow for a couple of weeks. He's doing really good. He's out hanging with his friends, and they decide, you know, it's Friday, big hang, they go to the bar, you know, and he orders a Coke, and everybody else orders a, everybody else orders a, um, you know, drink, and they go, what are you drinking Coke for? He says, well, you know, I was drinking too much, I promised my wife I wouldn't drink anymore, you know, and they got like, you mean you're going to let her tell you what to do? I mean, like, you're out here working your ass off supporting a family, and you can't have a drink with us? Really? Is that what this has come to? And they kind of goad him into having a taste, and he has a taste. He's having a good time, and he has another, you know, and then, you know, they're really having a good, a good game comes on. It's all exciting. He has another, and he's not used to drinking. He hasn't been tasting for a while, and he um, it kind of hits his stomach weird, and boom, it's kind of a flash puke kind of thing happens. And he goes, oh, no. He's like, I promised my wife I wouldn't drink. And now, look, I'm, oh, I'm here. And I, oh, look, I puked all over the new shirt she bought me. Oh, no. And the guy goes, man, don't worry about it. Here, here's 20 bucks. He puts it in his pocket. And he says, you tell her I puked on your shirt. And I felt so bad about it. I gave you 20 bucks to get it cleaned. He goes, that's great. And so he has another taste, and they're really pounding him back. You know, he's really pretty messed up. And about 1.30, 2 o'clock, he stumbles home. He comes in the door, and his wife's standing there. And she goes, you know, when you left today, I knew. I told you if you ever drank again, I was going to leave you. 
and I just knew something was going to happen today. And and look, and oh, look, she says, you threw up all over the new shirt I bought you. Like, how, how could you? He goes, honey, it's not the way it looks. <laughs> I wasn't drinking. I was hanging out with the guys. They were drinking. And, uh, and Joe puked on my shirt. It wasn't me. He says, and look, he put $20 in my pocket just to get it cleaned. Look. So she looks in his pocket and she goes, there's $40 here. He goes, oh, yeah. He shit in my pants, too. <laughs> Thank you.
So we got that. All right. So now we've done a joke. Now we're going to choose another prize. Now we'll choose another prize. All right, Bruce. Guy, that was a really bad way to ruin a joke there. I know, right? We, uh, you, you were about to laugh and then we all got kind of usurped. I think I can put laughter in there. Okay, put the laugh back <laughs> in. Make it seem like it was a great joke because it's really one of my go-tos. I like that if joke. If I need it. All right. Um, all right. Any of these? Any of these. All right. Is, if I know them, is it bad or good? Well, I don't know. This is the... And so I can't pick anybody I know? Well, no, you shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. Craig Oxley. I don't know him. I swear it. Or Craig Oxley. Craig Oxley. Oh, wow. You, you know, know who he is, right? No. Really? You don't know? No, I don't know. I don't know either. You're good. Craig Oxley, I've listened to every episode and would love the list of questions. I think I've also mentioned a few episodes. Well, he's on the show and he's in the competition. Craig Oxley. And he won a prize. He won a prize. Another prize. <laughs> wow, it's just winners after winners. On I know, show. I know. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's ridiculous. It, it, like, like he promised, we're gonna get sick of winning, right? I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> getting sick of winning. Here. I'm getting sick of winning. Wow, that was fantastic. <laughs> that's a piano. Um, well, that's fantastic. Craig will be in touch. Craig with Oxley, Oxley. Another. We've had Hank, Hank and Craig. Craig. Yeah, it's broken, love. My my daughter Cressy has arrived. Yes, we have been we and, have been, and, you, yeah, <laughs> and taken over. Do you have anything to say? Good. Okay. <laughs> There's a first for everything. Uh, man, you know what? Great feedback we did get. Your breakdown of the ten was it ten? That was a hundred years ago. Well, it's it seems like it, but it wasn't that long ago. But we've had so much great feedback and really? discussions about what you did. I know people were gonna like start posting videos of them playing it, those two. Yes. That never happened. And though. you know what? And through that I've got a, a a guitar wank listener, Max, and um just through scheduling and life, but I really want to do this with Max. He I think I told you he reached out. He lives five minutes from here, he wants to get together maybe one night a week and start hitting these tunes. And that's the only way I'm ever going to do this. Oh, that's cool. And that's that's great. The starting community and meeting new people, playing music, playing some jazz, which is killer. So excited about that. But I would like to do the next thing we do together <laughs> is um, I would like to take a tune, maybe a yeah. Parker tune. Okay. And, and go through it and you to get to kind of break it down and and maybe talk about it and let's go beyond just what the notes he's playing let's talk about maybe the history of the tune or let's okay i would love I to do that i think that would be really cool i think it would be great you know what scott would say <laughs> fuck that i don't doing teaching <laughs> right he wouldn't be into that yeah scott would well, hate that unless maybe a, a zolanol tune i'd get yeah we know even that he would hate he would hate it no he says i get paid to teach yeah yeah i know <laughs> i know <laughs> i'm thinking but i think that would be really fun um okay 
Okay. Well, you know, I, I think this was really metaphoric. <laughs> to have Chris in her Because kid. in a way, we're babysitting now. Yep. And all these people are really babysitting us. Because, <laughs> like, you realize that we're thinking that there's, like, world out there listening to us. So we're off the streets not doing things that we would probably other would do, we, you know. Yeah, you're getting into and they're, so in a way, they're babysitting us, keeping us out of trouble. Just like we're babysitting her, keeping us out of trouble. Yeah. You see what I mean? We have... Uh, I mean, is the metaphor <laughs> cycle complete here? My, my daughter, Cressida, who's two years old, is uh, sitting here... Quietly for the first time. I know. <laughs> since you well, were born. Well, uh, you know, you shouldn't have given her all that scotch. <laughs> she she loves piano. The one thing I've noticed about Cressy, she's got really great pitch. I think she's got Does a she singer. have a piano that works to you to yeah, practice? She, yeah, she gets on the piano. She, Good. Lo- she loves it. Good. Thank you, Cressy. Do you like the piano? Do you, what about Uncle Bruce? Do you like Bruce? Oh, no, don't ask that. <laughs> she likes Bruce. Okay, we'll get it on. We'll get it on in a second, okay? No, you're not. You're not. Don't even say those words. Stop it. Stop it. That's not even, that's not even funny. In a really sick way, that's not even funny. <laughs> I know, but you really yeah. can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> Man, this is these are the keyboard players I deal with on a de- general daily basis. Yeah. So, so what else? So I'm going to be in Australia. What have you? What do you got coming up? What have I got coming up? I am going. Oh, not to San Francisco. I am <laughs> going to Tulsa, and to Oklahoma City, and to Wichita. Oh, but wow. of course, by the time this comes out, I'll probably have retired. Well, this will be. When are you going there? This is like. This is like two or three weeks. Yeah. And uh, I did two or three weeks. I'll probably have just done it. But um, yeah, for those of you people who know Guitar Wink, you know what we're talking about. For those of you who don't, we often record numerous episodes at once because we actually have busy schedules. Troy's babysitting. <laughs> I've got to check into. Raleigh Hills again. <laughs> that, that, that's a metaphor from back in the 90s. Most of you people, that, that place has probably been gone out of business for tax evasion or and, something by now. And Scott's missing in action. And Scott, oh yeah, Scott is like, he just got kicked out of the Musicians Union. <laughs> and uh, and what else has happened here? I don't know, you know, I don't know. You, just, uh, if people want everything. lessons... Can they Skype lesson you? Of course. And there's my music master class. My, my music master class. The I got to admit, my royalty payments are starting to dwindle here. Right, I, need, I, need, I, need, I need some help here, guys. My music. How many videos you got up now? Six. Six? Six. Count them. Six. All right. Let me ask you this. Why would someone come to you for a personal lesson when you could just really go through all those six videos? I would suggest going there first. Go there first? And then to, to go deeper than that, because I generally, I teach differently than other people. Right. I mean, if I just taught stuff, I could do 700 lessons. Yeah, yeah. But I teach conceptually. Right. I give you stuff that kind of explains how it works and expect you to learn it and to figure it out and to use it your way yeah that's sort of my teaching style so in fact in those six lessons i have done more than probably 70 lessons of a lot of other people yeah Yeah. yet i've done far less than one lesson of other people (laughs) because there's not a lot of 
actual lickage being done. Yeah. And so um, a lot of people who study with me, I suggest they get those so that they understand conceptually where we could go. And then we work in more detail when we work together. Right. Yeah. So I, um, I noticed that with your videos, like you can take five minutes of that and that's going to be a lifetime of work. And, and it is. Yeah. And it is for me. Yeah. Because it's conceptual. And uh and I think ultimately what we really need to do and what I just want to impress upon the people just because there's different kinds of people in the world. There's like the task-oriented people and the dreamers and the, you know, and the, the big picture thinkers and the small detail, you know, and they're all great. Yeah. Every way to be is great. But in reality... Make it as easy for yourself as possible to play. Don't If your practice is taking you down a road that it's making it more difficult to play, conceptually, mm -hmm. I hope you can see the danger in that. Right. Because, I mean, I watch it. We have, we have a thing called a performance workshop at my school. Yeah. You know, and... Um, where we hire a professional rhythm section to come in and all the kids get to play with these burning cats. And I watch the kids up there playing. And invariably I see so much of people making it hard for themselves to play. Therefore, they're not even getting the most out of the experience of playing with more seasoned players. You know, by rather than try, by, and, and there's nothing wrong with stretching and trying to do your best and go beyond yourself. But there are certain times where it's just better to be in the center of things, let it happen around you, and then learn from it and interact and learn to hear. I mean, if you're practicing all day, you can do all that then. When you go to play with people, clear the decks, mm. open your awareness for what's going on around you, stay in your center. Work from where you are, slowly build on it. Just, in other words, rather than trying to make it harder for yourself, try to make it easier for yourself. Yeah. And better music comes from that. And you know, and as you get more comfortable, your bandwidth gets huge. So you know, it continually increases. So what would seem like something difficult to you for you to do now, if you really use the method I'm talking about within a very short period of time you'll get to that place and it, but it'll be a whole different experience because you'll be comfortable and it'll be easier for you you'll be listening to what's going on around you you'll be reacting you'll be changing it according to the world around it mm. all these things that you were just like basically struggling to do are now have become malleable cool ideas that you can do anything with because you work from your strength rather yeah. than your rather than setting yourself up with a weakness. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. And and I just watch people do this so much, and I did it a lot. Mm. That's how I see it. And uh, it's a it's a it's a danger. <laughs> it's danger. Uh, I noticed that with the jazz the jazz songs you were talking about, like. I, I, I've played a lot of those, but I haven't revisited them in a long time. But just thinking about and dealing, doing what you said and putting that into practice, it was opening up new doors and reminding me, oh, that's right, I learnt that. And, blah, and it was making me think a lot differently, which was great. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, sometimes it's okay to play something simple mm. and elaborate on it. Yeah. And then other times it's really great to play something really hard for you. But it's generally speaking, and I'm pretty sure everybody listening will agree with this, it's when you get to a place that you're comfortable that it becomes successful dealing with hardship to do. And that that really comes from from like, you know, like you're a baseball player. Hit a, hit a few singles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get get on base. Run the bases. Catch the ball. Do the basic stuff. Then when you when you get past that, then start swinging for the fences. Yeah. Yeah. Start putting yourself in a jam and see if you can get out of it. You know, I mean it's. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about practice. Right. I'm talking about playing. Practice is the place where you challenge yourself to go beyond your ability. Yeah. And put yourself in really uncomfortable situations. That's great. But you know, playing has so many more dynamics. I mean, you're dealing with your sound in a new environment. You're dealing with other people playing. You're dealing with maybe people watching you and the pressure of that. You guys see Stumpy. Go see Stumpy. Go see Stumpy, Chris. Have you seen Stumpy? Bring me Stumpy. Bruce knows Stumpy. Bring me Stumpy. Go get him. You're scary? I, I still, Stumpy scares her. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stumpy scares all, the, scares all the kids. But I still can't believe Bruce brought this Stumpy. Stumpy, we call him. I don't know why we call him that. Well, you, He's like a Charlie McCarthy doll. From, is that what it's called, a Charlie McCarthy I think that's, there was the famous like show... Where they had these these dummies on it's and a ventriloquist, yeah. And uh, he, he's very much a you know like a freckle faced, howdy doody looking guy. But and and it's it it weirds all the kids out really uh, bad. You, you, the great thing about this, well, I keep laughing about you and I coming up with the idea that on the podcast we were going to do it on the podcast, <laughs> but you can't see the podcast, so it's like, it's so like, stupid. Like we don't need the doll; we can just do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like. But I did, on Halloween once, all the kids were in the jacuzzi out, and I snuck around and I stuck Stumpy through the bushes. And you've never seen a bunch of, like, eight-year-olds scream like a bunch of little girls. Like, uh-huh. they lost their shit. Like, they, seriously, one of them started crying. Like, they freaked out. Stumpy uh-huh. just destroyed them. Uh-huh. So, he's not right. There's he's something... not right. Are you scared of Stumpy? Where is he? I he's don't just over there. Oh, there he is. I see him. Go get him. Go get him for him. Bring him to me. No? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, think, I think terrorizing a two-year-old on air is not a good idea. <laughs> that's, that's as far as we'll go with guitar work. I guess we probably should call it. Mr. Bruce Foreman? Well, and, and I'd like to say in the words of Stumpy, because he can't talk. He's a dummy. He is a dummy. <laughs> He's a dummy. Yeah. <laughs> when I, next time I talk, you know, the next time I talk to you, can you say Stumpy? Take this out. Say Stumpy. Stumpy. Say him louder. Stumpy. Stumpy. Say goodbye, Stumpy. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I guess next you know the next time you hear from me and Troy together. He'll have gone to Australia and come back. And you won't understand what I'm <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm hoping he does come back, you know, because let's face it, as far as I'm concerned, they want to build a wall to Mexico. 
It's Australia we should build the wall around. Right? You should build the wall around Australia. Man, Australia, you guys are the dangerous ones. <laughs> Everybody wants to be Australian. Come here, taking our jobs. Our I'm women, an, I'm and an our, immigrant. Our, our jobs and our women. Look at you, man. <laughs> I did that. You know, I, I know, I know, I know. All right, we're going to go get Stumpy. Okay. Thank you for joining us. And and, and, and actually, we're going to actually do a new podcast called Baby Wank, where we're going to babysit people. <laughs> that sounded wrong on so many levels. <laughs> okay, Baby Wonk. And, and and we're just going to babysit for babysit. podcasts. The babysitting oh, podcast. Would that, be, would that work? Well, hell, there's a hell of a lot more babies than guitar players. Although there's, there is a metaphoric similarity there. <laughs> it's, it's almost the same thing. It's probably not like... Yeah, anyways. But if you can babysit while you're playing the guitar, we could probably have a cottage industry and finally find gigs for guitar players. <laughs> Think about it. We could do it. Think about it. You put the kid in the pen and you just play for him. And okay, sure, some states it would be torture, but the rest of the places it would be okay. <laughs> Can I get stumpy, Cressy? I've got a new business idea. You do the Cressy's going to do the business model, all that plays, that, that stuff. I'll do the PR. You going to do it? No, I'm going to do it. Okay, okay, you can do it. Okay, so actually, and, and we want to let everybody in the guitar wing know we're doing babysitting while we're doing guitar west. So if you've got a kid and you need some babysitting, <laughs> bring them on over. Bring them on over. We we can handle that. See, this is why your donations are extremely important. <laughs> yeah, you don't want your kid in a place like this. We got to get a nicer place. Right, and we need more booze. <laughs> all right, guys. Until next week. Thank you, Sir Bruce. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, good luck down under, Troy. I'll come back with uh, a thicker accent. Okay, cool. Bring me back a pet kangaroo. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. All right. All right. Bye, Cressy. Goodbye. Goodbye.